Hey, podcasters. On today's episode of Business with Bliam, we're excited to bring you the amazing entrepreneur, Bridget Rogers. She has such incredible businesses, such as Cloth and Gold, which is a one-stop shop for hosts that are looking to have the best things life has to offer, as well as just launched Monaco Park, an online store that offers the best in home and lifestyle. So grab a glass of bubbles and we hope you enjoy. so excited to have Bridget Rogers with Cloth and Gold and Monaco Park here with us today. Thanks for Thank joining you. us. <laughs> I'm so bad at this. Thank you for having me. Of course. So tell us a little bit about you and how you got started in the business. Oh gosh. So I started Cloth and Gold a little bit over a year ago. Well, that's like when we launched, but it took about two years um, total. And I launched Cloth and Gold and Cloth and Gold is basically, I like to describe it as kind of like rent the runway for dinner parties. So so incredible. Yeah. So you pick a table and then um, you say how many guests you're having. You pick a three day rental and then we deliver pretty much everything you need for your table from like the wine glasses to the napkins to the centerpieces, all that stuff. We also give you um, a menu that we suggest with all the recipes. We give you a music playlist. So kind of everything you need to have a fun dinner party or brunch or whatever. Um, and then just this past October, I launched Monaco Park, which is an e-commerce. We're calling it a home goods store right now, but it's kind of becoming a little bit more of like a lifestyle store because it's home stuff, but it's becoming a little bit home and beyond. Um, so yeah. I love it. So how did you get the inspiration? I feel like cloth and gold mm-hmm. is really like this whole niche market. How did you kind of find that area that needed to have yeah. a little Kind of from my given? own <laughs> annoyance when I would have dinner parties. Like I have been having people over since I was little. Like playing house was my favorite thing and I took it way too seriously as a child. Um, but I would have dinner parties all the time and I would kind of run into the same annoyances all the time. You need to stop with that person. <laughs> <laughs> you can edit this, right? Yeah. It's fine. He's um, just having his sneakers go back and forth. Oh, hi. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I would kind of have the same annoyances every time. It'd be like, okay, I'm having eight people for dinner, but I only have five dinner plates because one broke. And then if I do I go buy more or do I buy a whole new set? Because sometimes, you know, companies discontinue patterns and things like that. Um or sometimes I just wouldn't have enough of something. And, you know, I would sometimes do like the rental, like the typical rental companies. But with those, like the inventory was just kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Plus it'd be like the cost to rent wasn't that expensive, but they would charge one to $200 for delivery and pickup. And I only got it for one night. So it was just like not, nothing was really kind of working for me. And I was always like, I wish there was something like Rent the Runway, like, but for dinner parties. So I could just get what I need and then send it back when I'm finished. Because storage was also an issue for me. I lived in like a little house. Even if I was going to go buy more stuff, I had nowhere to put it after. And it's so much, like, you never know how many people you have for a dinner party. You don't want to have, I mean, sometimes a mix and match could be cute. Right. It's going to be a little few and far between yeah. that you get to use that. So it's yeah. so nice because storage is mm-hmm. so limited. Right. You don't want to buy for eight, 12, six. Right. How many people are you going to have over? And the one of people's a lot of times favorite thing is that we also do the dishes. So you pack everything up dirty 
Because I thought at the end of the night, you know, you've had a lot of wine, you're just hanging out with your friends. The last thing you want to do is a bunch of dishes. Mm -hmm. So you just put them back in the box, you can leave them on your doorstep, and we pick it up in the morning. So is this just currently a local Mm -hmm. in Denver area? It is in Denver and Boulder, yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And are you looking to expand kind of nationwide, like a rent the runway, or do you think you'll kind of stay a little local for- I mean, we get requests from it all the time. And I do feel like in certain cities, this would be perfect, like Dallas. Like I always think the South would be great just because that's kind of part of the culture. But then I also think of places like New York or Chicago because of the space issue. Like people might 100%. have space to entertain, but they don't have space to, you know, you're putting your house a billion things. A hundred percent. So I don't know. I think it would work for different reasons in different places. Um, so that would be awesome. We've tested shipping and it's just a nightmare. I'm sure. I mean, it's just FedEx, UPS, they don't care. They're throwing your boxes. So we've had things like arrive broken and you know, it's a nightmare. Plus it's expensive to ship this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I don't want it to be so expensive to ship that people are like, well, I might as well buy everything then. Um, So I'd like to do that. It's just operationally, it's a big undertaking. Yeah. Is this where kind of Monaco Park came into play Mm -hmm. of being able to have affordable lifestyle? Yes. Items available for purchase. Yeah, so it was originally going to be, we thought about doing like a home store because that just felt like an organic kind of next step. You know, we've kind of mastered your table. Now here are things you can buy for the rest of your house. Here are mixing bowls and serving platters or whatever. Um, But then I started to think about it, like how a home store would look. And it just eventually kind of became its own beast, its own brand, its own everything. Um, Because I was just you know, thinking, okay, home decor online. I'm the kind of person I shop for pretty much every single thing online. Mm -hmm. And so I thought about like, who's a, who's like my go-to home decor store or brand. And I really couldn't think of anyone. And I looked at the space and I felt like, okay, on one hand, you know, one end of the spectrum, you have your Ikea's, your targets of the world where you can get like, you know, a $3 candle holder that $3 candle holder is maybe going to arrive to you with like a dent in it. And mm-hmm. like, you know, <laughs> after a few uses, the metallic kind of wears off. So like it's $3 for a reason. But, and then on the other end of the spectrum, you have like restoration hardware or you have like, you know, the more stuffy stores where it's mm-hmm. like this six inch plain white vase is $900 because, you know, a hipster artisan in Brooklyn made it where it's just like, no. Yeah, that's never happening for me. And so I just felt like there was an opportunity for kind of this middle space where it could be like a go-to brand that you enjoy interacting with um, that has really good products at prices that are not, you know, insanely cheap, but they're not, you know, the $900 artisan base from Brooklyn. That has never happened. (laughs) So I just thought there was like kind of an opportunity there. Well, and I think that there's always those like core pieces that you're okay to invest in. Totally. And then there are other things that are maybe like a little more tchotchke or right. a little bit more like seasonal or yep. something that's like trendy for now that you yeah. don't really want to invest in kind of like fashion. Right. Totally. And I, uh, you know, I'm sure I have basically curated a bunch of stuff that I personally love. And I think one of the things that makes it a little bit different, different too, is that, you know, on every website, they're going to have kind of like that flowery copy that oversells. And it's like, I get you think it's great. You want my money, calm down. Or it's just like dry, stale copy. So all of our product pages are, I write them in my voice and I say why I think they're great. But then I'll also say like, but here's something you should know. So like, for instance, we have this flatware that I'm obsessed with. It's like, 
you know, the matte gold with like the colored handle. And it's amazing, but I make sure to put front and center, it's hand wash only. Yeah. For me, that's completely fine because I really only use it for entertaining. So like yeah. me hand washing, you know, a few times a month is fine. But this is not a good everyday. This is not whatever. your everyday. Right. But I want people to know that because some people are going to be like, oh yeah, that's kind of fine for me mm-hmm. too. But there are going to be people who are like, absolutely not. I need everything in the dishwasher. And I'd rather have them know versus have it buried in like the bullet points and the fine print. And then they're like, oh, it's hand wash only. I don't really want this now. So you're kind of giving really a lifestyle advice Mm -hmm. to people that are looking to purchase. It's kind of like those great Amazon reviews or whatever Mm -hmm. it is that you see online. You're always like, is it fake? Is it real? But it's coming from your voice, which is... Totally. And, you know, I'll use an F-bomb in the description. Like, it's more just... It's like the stuff I would want to know as a shopper, especially online. You never know. So I want to give all the information I possibly can. And like a... Like, it's like I'm talking to a friend kind of way, if that makes sense. Which is so great. What do you think are kind of the keys to throwing a perfect dinner party if you're kind of out there and looking for some inspiration, the holiday Mm -hmm. season's coming up. Mm -hmm. How do you kind of get those pieces in there that are like transitional or something that kind of sets you apart if you're having a a fun party? Yeah, I always say the best host is a calm host. So um, I think the best thing you can do for yourself, it sounds like aggressive to do this, but it is life-changing is to have like a real timeline figured out. And we include a timeline that we give people that we suggest they follow. So you can kind of figure out like if you're cooking, like what can you make ahead? Um, What can you make the day of? What can you make a week before sometimes? Like kind of mapping it all out because the key to the best dinner party, whether it's holiday, whatever, is like that your guests feel comfortable Mm -hmm. and relaxed. And if you as the host or hostess are running around like a raving lunatic, like I have been before, your guests pick up on that. And then it feels awkward. I mean, we've all been to those parties where it's like, this feels not fun versus the one where it's like, everyone has cocktails, Mm -hmm. everyone's hanging out. Like that's above anything, even your table, your food, everything. Just like the energy and the vibe you put out For sure. it makes such a difference. We've all been to that party that you're like, no, that's okay. I don't need oh anything else. Oh, it's fine. You're like afraid. I'm great. <laughs> like, Please I'm don't get me another glass of wine. And I definitely right. don't need another glass. Oh yeah. No, I've been like the raving <laughs> lunatic host like in my row with my hair wet, like not sure what I'm doing. So I've learned that having like a real plan is just kind of the way to do it. So if you're ordering from cloth and gold, that kind of comes with your order. And do you kind of customize that to how many people you have attending the dinner party if you're having four versus 12 or? I mean, what we do typically is if you order a table, we'll give you, we send you an email basically like 10 days before your party where we say, here's a, uh, we we make a new menu every season or we'll do special menus like if it's a themed table. Um, so you have that in advance with all of the recipes and then we also do give you like a timeline. Like here's what you can start doing today up until 30 minutes before your guests arrive. Like we've thought of everything for you. If you just follow this timeline, like you're set. And pretty much most of our recipes, we do give them in increments for four guests so you can easily just like triple or double mm-hmm. or whatever you need to do. But it just, you know, we've really, I thought of everything that has ever annoyed me and thought, how can I like solve this problem for someone else before they ever even have to think of it? That's amazing. Do you think you have to have help when you're having a dinner party? Like, should you hire some kind of crew to come in and kind of 
help fill cocktails or do you think you can kind of set up a little bar and oh you kind can of totally do it yourself you can totally do it yourself and that also goes back to like being a comfortable calm host because no one wants to ever ask a raving lunatic host like can I get a wine <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared you're literally like I'll just sit here with my dry mouth right exactly <laughs> but if you like a nice little bar set up like people can figure it out like they know and you can always make like a little signature drink and put it in a cute beverage dispenser and people know that they can get that or they can make stuff. Like I usually just set everything out and people know it is serve yourself. And so with kind of cloth and gold, is it just dinnerware or can you rent kind of some beautiful pictures? Can you rent drink containers? We don't have things like that, but Monica Park has so many of those. I love it. That's kind of where Monica Park originally started was like offering people something they could purchase like that. but Well, and I think those things are the things that are great to invest in. Totally. Because that is like a, it's a little bit of a bigger item, but it's like still compact enough Mm -hmm. that you can store it somewhere. And it's something that you can pull out time and time again. Totally. And that's why I never buy like holiday themed things like that. Because I have limited space. I don't need a serving platter covered in snowmen that I'm going to use like one month out of the year. I like more just kind of classic, they work year round kind of stuff. Yeah. Throw some cranberries on it. Right, exactly. Or some, some rosemary sprigs. <laughs> Something Just to make it look up. Holiday mm-hmm. or whatever season that you're in. Totally. You can always customize what you're oh, putting totally. on the trays. Yeah. So you had mentioned that it kind of took you two years to curate mm-hmm. cloth and gold. Yeah. What is kind of your advice for somebody looking to get into some kind of business mm-hmm. where they're going to have collections for people, whether it's dinnerware or fashion Mm -hmm. or whatever it is do you have any I mean for me personally the um the category that I was in I tested a lot of different types of like materials like what like stoneware I learned wears so well versus like porcelain might not work as well as stoneware but it's better than china kind of like testing a lot of stuff um I think it depends on the nature of your business because like since mine's rental I need a lot of wear out of each individual Mm -hmm. item. Um, But I would say just advice in general, if you're starting anything, I have decided, I'm sure you can relate to this, (laughs) you have to be so insanely passionate, but not just passionate about like, I love what I do. It's like, Mm -hmm. you need to be passionate about the individual day-to-day of whatever you're doing, but also the overarching vision or mission that you have. Like you have to have both. And I think that's kind of like the key. Some people might have one or the other, but if you have both, it's gonna be like your fuel. Like I love setting a beautiful table. Like that's my day to day. I love designing a table and picking fabrics and materials and patterns. But then my overarching overarching passion is I love creating incredible atmospheres for people to put down their phone, get together with their friends, have a fun night where, you know, people laugh and, you know, get in political debates and get drunk and like whatever, because those are the best nights of my Mm -hmm. life. So I have kind of like the vision and then the day-to-day passions. And you really have to have both. You cannot have only one or either. I mean, you should have at least one, but (laughs) I think a lot of people get caught up in the day-to-day stuff, Mm -hmm. but you always have to have that overarching to kind of come back to. I think that overarching, like you were talking about, is so important mm-hmm. because the day-to-day can kind of bring you down. Totally. And you're like, oh, nothing's working out. Totally. This is a disaster. What uh-huh. am I doing? And so it's easy to get into your head and be like, is this something somebody's going to love? Totally. It, what am I doing? Yeah. 
I should just get a nine to five. Right. A nice 401k. Totally. But if you have that nice, like, <laughs> idealistic side of you to kind of check in with, I feel like when you're having those, I mean, it's not always going to work, but a lot of times it's like, oh God, what the hell am I doing? Mm-hmm. If you can kind of look back at when you first started and have that passion again, it, it helps. It does. And like we were talking about earlier before we started recording, we were talking about how you're kind of always evolving Mm -hmm. and always changing and always having to say, oh, that didn't really work Mm -hmm. and kind of lean into your failures as much as your successes and Mm -hmm. be able to learn from those. So what are kind of some of your best lessons that you've learned through? Yep. I mean, so before we launched Cloth of Gold, we did like testing for a few months where people could just kind of use the idea and give us feedback. Um, so we would like, I mean, it's so funny to look back on it now. We would send them like a plastic tub full of stuff for their table and just hear from them the good, bad, and the ugly. And I think I learned like, like the biggest lesson I learned that specifically was I really wanted to do um, tablecloths because I thought a tablecloth can really change the vibe of your table. Mm-hmm. Plus, you might have an ugly table. It might be like a weird folding table you need to cover. Totally. And I thought people wouldn't really like them because not everyone uses a tablecloth. Like mm-hmm. it is kind of an older way to do things, but I thought it was just, again, it can change the whole table. So I was insistent on doing them. Okay, through testing, I learned tablecloths are now my nightmare. If I see a tablecloth, I get hives. Like leave my life every tablecloth because there's no way to keep them like perfectly wrinkle free. Mm -hmm. And then people get angry about it. Like someone complained a tablecloth was too white. Like not sure what that means. Or they were like, (laughs) it was too big for my table, even though we like, we got the measurements. I mean, tablecloths could be very Mm -hmm. horrible to deal with. And so now I'm like, So I, but I had to kind of, I fought for it for so long, but through learning, I learned that is something I could not include. I heard once it was like, your most unhappy customer will be your biggest lessons. Yeah. And those were always the people that were like, I don't like this because I didn't like the tablecloth. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, tablecloths are out for, so then for like the final product, we now have table runners, which are so much easier. Yeah. So I think you just have to not be afraid for something you might think is amazing Mm -hmm. to not actually work in the real world. And that's the only way you'll learn is by doing like someone said um, something like uh, a good idea now is better than a perfect idea a month from now, because you just, you might think, you know, and you might've done hours of research, but until you put it out into the world and listen, because that's, you can't just put it out and then just like live life. You have to listen to the feedback and then you learn, okay, fine. I can't fight for this anymore. It's not <laughs> Has it ever worked opposite for you that you feel like you've gotten bad feedback or maybe it's not of the masses, mm-hmm. but that you're like, no, this really works and it's turned out into a success story? I mean, I don't know necessarily. It was more, I learned, like, because there will be times where someone just doesn't like it because it's not their mm-hmm. taste. Yeah, And I think that's where you have to kind of learn how to filter out good real feedback versus someone just kind of being an asshole yeah. <laughs> you know like someone the yelper sorry right. yelpers of the world it totally well I, I think it was like oh, this is embarrassing but I will quote sweet Katy Perry I think it was <laughs> icon of our time <laughs> I think she said something like you can be the ripest peach in the bunch but there will always be people who don't like peaches yeah and I think that's something I don't know if it was something that necessarily failed like big but it was like 
some one or two people didn't like something and they really didn't like it. Yeah. And that'll make you question it. I think for some reason in life, it's so easy to listen to the negative more. You can hear 50 amazing things, Mm -hmm. but two people say something negative and it's really negative. And that's like what you will cling to. Mm -hmm. And you're like, my whole idea is shit. Right. And sometimes (laughs) scrap it all. Exactly. You'll be like, never mind. I fail at everything. (laughs) What am I doing? But like, you have to kind of learn some people just don't want to like anything. And you're not everybody's cup of tea. No. And so it's like staying true to the things. Right. I think that we both have the same kind of advice or like thought process. Like you have to listen when, but you have to also filter out when it's right to listen. Totally. Such as tablecloths. Totally. And that could be everything. That could be a customer. That can be a, a friend or family member who, you know, just, they're just haters in the mm-hmm. world. And so I think you just have to learn how to filter out constructive criticism that you can actually use as like research versus someone who's just a jerk. Nasty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, like the person at the restaurant who like the waiter goes to get the you know meal when they're finished and they're like, I hated this, but their yeah. plate is empty. They ate every single you're thing like, on their you're plate. You're fine. It was fine. It was like, great. I got my money back. I didn't like this. Yeah. Like, oh, I think you did. You're like, I actually- You're just one of those people. Totally. And there's always somebody in that bunch. Katy Perry's right. There's always a bunch. But you learn how to filter, I think. You do. What are kind of the best pieces of of advice Mm -hmm. that you got when starting a business? I would say nothing matters if you can't execute. Like that is the key. There will be millions of people with millions of good ideas- But if you don't execute on them and you don't execute on them well, then there's kind of no point. And so like I, someone said the other day, like don't dream about it more than you work for it. And I think a lot of people, especially with social media, I feel like kind of talk a lot, but they don't do a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I would think being a doer and, you know, getting up every day and doing something and making something better is the best thing you can ever do. I mean, I think I think that's probably my, like, number one. Again, like that one, a good product today is better than a perfect product mm-hmm. months from now. Showing up is... Oh, right. Just actually doing things and doing it well is also the key. Like, because mm-hmm. that's the thing. If you do everything as well as you possibly can, going back to that negative feedback, then you're more well-equipped when you hear that feedback if it's like real, you know, constructive criticism or something to actually shift gears or evaluate and change versus if you're just kind of doing, but not really doing well or doing strategically, there's not really much you can do with that feedback. 100% agreed. What kind of keeps you motivated and inspired? For those days that you just need to show up. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you just want to lay in bed and you dream about... Oh, God, just like going to a beach. (laughs) Um, What keeps me motivated? I mean, I really like to create things. So, like with Monaco Park, I am obsessed with... It's kind of funny. It's like a thing I've always done, but now it's a, a business, I guess, where like I love finding things that look and feel expensive, but they're not. Mm-hmm. Like mama loves a deal. Like mm-hmm. I, that is my thing. And so I love finding new things and, you know, kind of brainstorming how I can kind of tell the story of this item. And I don't know, I just, I love doing that in life. And now I love doing it day to day in a business. Um, but I mean, there are moments where you're like, what the hell am I doing? But then like, I'll see someone, you know, 
have pictures of this beautiful table that they're so proud of and excited about. And then I'm like, okay, I remember. This is fun. Yeah. You have to ride those waves. Yeah. <laughs> Pinot Grigio helps too. Oh yeah. Lots of wine. Yeah. If you're going to be a business owner, you have to. It's the sweet nectar of the business owner. <laughs> what do you think about work-life balance? Do you think it's achievable? Mm. I actually read an article in Forbes, I think it was just like last week, mm-hmm. that got sent on to me that there is no such thing no. as a work-life balance, that we have to get that out of our right vocabulary and start just looking at it as right. there's always things that ebb and flow in your life totally. that you're putting more effort into yeah. one versus the other. I think it's like step one is acceptance. Like mm-hmm. this is the life you chose. And that's why if anyone's thinking of doing something, you know, on your own, you need to decide if that's a life you're willing to live first. Cause I, I saw quotes on, or something where they were like business owners or entrepreneurs, they work a hundred hours a week so they don't have to work 40. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, you get your own schedule and all those things, but you're most likely working seven days a week and you're working till midnight. Um, So no, I don't really think, I mean, it's possible, but I think you just have to set the right expectations. I mean, I'm probably lucky because I'm not married and I don't have children. Sadly, (laughs) (laughs) I'm alone. Um, But I can't imagine how you do this when you have like five children. I I don't even know, but- like I'm dating someone, he's into his career, I'm into mine, so we kind of understand that, but um, you just do it. I mean, there's really no, I hear people kind of give tips or ideas or how, and it's just like, no, that might work for one person. Mm-hmm. You just have to figure out what works for you. Honestly, like I will, for instance, I know my brain is really on for some reason between the hours of 7 p.m. and 10 p.m., so I have no problem working those hours because I know like for some reason I get really good yeah. ideas versus like between the hours of 7 a.m. and 10 a.m. I'm not as like sharp and ready, but that's fine with me because I know I'll be working that night. You just mm-hmm. do what you, and that's a luxury too, is that you can work from seven to 10 like a lunatic. And if you're not really on it at 8 a.m., no one's going to fire you. That's true. <laughs> I was just talking about how sometimes I lie and I have that imposter syndrome because I'm like, I'm working from home today. Right. And really, I like, I do work. Right. But You're I'm like watching laundry. Wendy Williams and oh like- God, The View. Yeah. That's mine. Oh hanging God. out in bed. And I'm like- if Right. I, if I had a camera on me right, right. now. Oh, no. <laughs> Horror show. Oh my God, that happened to me. I was doing a Skype call. Or that wasn't Skype. It was just like a conference call, but it was on the computer. And all of a sudden- I realized they could see me. Stop it. Oh yeah. I was like, there's not a bra anywhere in sight. Like I have makeup on from the day before. <laughs> like this is disgusting, but you know. You had to roll with it. And then I, my camera broke. Oh. So it went You're dark like, on my end. <laughs> you put the sticker up. <laughs> totally. I was like, I don't know. It's a weird connection. That's strange. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I think I was hacked. Well, do you feel like, because you're not brick and mortar, Mm-hmm. Are there different tricks or different marketing tips that you have for people that are more of mm-hmm. an online business versus like maybe getting street traffic or having yeah. their name on a door somewhere? Yeah. I mean, I'm honestly still figuring that out, but I will say no matter what, like you have to have really good content. Cause I feel like half the battle is getting people to your website. And there are a lot of ways you can do that. But once they're there, you need good photography. You need good copy, you need a good blog, like you need to have your game t- 
tight and right. Just like if they walked into a store. Mm -hmm. If it looked like a meth den, they'd be like, never mind, I think I want to leave. Yeah. But if it's a gorgeous store, it smells nice, all those things, like they'll want to stay for a while. Your website has to be just like that. Mm -hmm. A place you want to stay a while. Totally. <laughs> what do you, where do you kind of find your perfect clientele? Also still learning that too. So Monaco Park, <laughs> it's interesting because I'm kind of the client. Like I'm right. picking stuff for myself, but other girls just like me who are, you know, millennials, but we're older millennials. I mean, I'm 30. Um, where it's like, I'm not really into Target anymore and that kind of stuff for a lot of stuff. But again, I'm not buying the $900 vase, sure. the artisan in Brooklyn. Um, so I kind of think like, okay, would I buy this? That's like always my like barometer. And so I kind of just, I mean, we've only, Monica Park, we launched like soft launch in October. So it's still a baby. But I mean, I think you can always do like the partnerships and cross-marketing efforts and things like that. But right now we've really been focused on just like fun content and like hoping that works. I mean, we've been doing like these videos and I mean, I say, can I cuss in this? I say fucking them. Like, yeah, be yourself. Right, because like <laughs> no one else, I mean, I don't know what other home brand that's like that upfront and mm -hmm. just relaxed. And so, and it's not like, like with Cloth and Gold, we had a whole strategy set out, like, you know, knew who the person was going to be and all of that versus this. I just wanted it to feel natural and authentic. And I think the best way I've been doing that is just kind of letting it unfold. I love it. Which might not work for everything, I will say, but, and I'm sure will get me into trouble someday. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you're full of grit <sighs> and that you be. will like pick yourself up and find a new way. Let's hope. <laughs> so what do you think is next for your businesses or for yourself or any other um, passion projects you have out there? I mean, I think with Monaco Park, like I've been really into making it now more of like a lifestyle store than just home. Um, just because again, I love finding things like the jewelry I'm wearing today. I'm obsessed it's with it. So cute. So yes. cute. It's such a good price. And so just kind of keeping on like curating that kind of stuff. And again, combining it with entertaining, sticky type of content that people actually want to, you know, I want it to be a brand that it feels like one of your friends. It's not, you know, the big box Target Ikea's of the world, but it's not the stuffy. Martha Stewart. Totally. Right. It's kind of anti. <laughs> like, I mean, sometimes Martha Stewart, don't get me wrong, right. has a lot of really amazing content and totally. stuff but you're like uh it's kind of like Martha, my mom's right generation totally. or it's like a little too formal right like I will sit with you and watch Real Housewives and drink cocktails like it's not I want it to be more like approachable and fun um so I think just kind of focusing on that and building that um and then cloth and gold I mean I'd like to expand to more cities we're changing a little bit we're now starting next year we're going to offer um like the a la carte rentals so if you don't need a whole table if you just need like really cool wine glasses or something for the night you can get those too awesome and does cloth and gold still do like fun party you can kind of buy online fun party like the party store stuff mm -hmm. yes it's so such you can always cute add stuff. on like little Paper cocktail napkins or, you know. A cake topper. Totally. Mm -hmm. So cute. Yeah. We have all that stuff. 
I know. I can't wait to have a dinner party. I love them. It's my favorite thing to do. We just, <laughs> but the irony of it is like, I never have time now. I love having a dinner party. You started a dinnerware company totally. that now yes. limits your time to Which have is funny. Parties. I knew a guy who worked in sports years ago and I was like, do you just like love this? Cause like you get to go to football games and all. he's like, no. He's like, I have not gone to one sporting event since I started my sporting event company. He's like, and I kind of hate them now. I was like, oh, I get it. Cause it's like, I do dinner party stuff all day, every day. Yeah. But I'm finally having one again. Yay. I'm in forever. So, it's so and mine exciting. are fun. I, I People get lit. Like it is a great time. I'm working on getting an invite <laughs> Anytime you want. to one of Bridget's dinner Anytime parties because I'm sure they're fabulous. They're fun. They're fun. I'll say it. They're fun. Well, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you for having me. Yes. It was so much fun. Thank you so much to the mastermind entrepreneur, Bridget Rogers. She has created such incredible, innovative brands such as Cloth and Gold and Monaco Parkway. Since I forgot to ask our amazing guest where you can find her on social media and to shop her incredible um, business ideas, I will be linking them in Business of Glam social media and our website so that way you can be sure to take advantage of the incredible things she has to offer. Until then, I hope that you join us next week for another episode of Business of Glam. And until then, remember to stay glam. Cheers. Cheers.